You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Welcome to another edition of uh, Truthful News. Wasail al-Alam Asadika. And alhamdulillah, as you know, on these uh, segments, uh, we try and get you the news uh, with a real good uh, journalism, uh, sourcing out a haq that's being spoken even in other alternative media. We bring it right to your focus. Uh, inshallah, we'll be starting off with our first segment uh, with the uh, Member of Parliament, Ahmad Manzul Sheikh Imam, who talks about Palestine and a few other issues that it, uh, you know, he addresses us. So sit back and enjoy, uh, people. He's a slogan, Haq, the man of truth. Ahmad Manzur Sheikh Imam on his Asaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, Ahmad, what is happening in this mad, mad world, which I am beginning to doubt, Ahmad? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, things, beautiful city, Cape Town, nice weather today. However, a whole lot's going on. On the local front, particularly, if you see that the levels of crime has now rocketed. And the minister has announced, Minister Becky Taylor has announced that clearly criminals have declared war on not only communities, but also on police officers. It was chaos in Durban yesterday, chaos in the city of Cape Town over the weekend. Uh, I think two police, one police officer died yesterday, another one is critically injured in hospital. Four suspects have died, but really I think crime is rampant all over the country. Uh, the Minister of Finance, of course, is is now asking the question, what should I do? Should I increase taxes or should we borrow more? Both of them are suicidal. Rather than cutting down and closing the gaps of corruption in the country, this is what he wants to do, either increase the taxes or go and borrow more money. Yet there are other measures in place that he can actually put, but really very little or no understanding, I think, of what the predicament he will place South Africa if you continue to be borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. But uh, it's very difficult to get some of these people to understand what is going on. Well, of course, on the international front, you know, it's getting progressively worse. You know, hospitals have been bombed. And many children are affected. I'm told at least 1,200 Palestinians still remain under rubble, about 500 of them being children. Uh, Freedom Front, you know, what I can't understand with parties like Freedom Front and PA and others, they're talking about an attack by Hamas, which they call a terrorist action. But for 75, almost 76 years, every day the people of Palestine face the same fate, and nobody thinks there's anything wrong about it. So really, I don't understand their rationale and the way they think and interpret this. But again, you know, government has come out in support of Palestinians, in support of negotiations, stopping the atrocities. But what is important to note, right up to now, no aid is able to enter Gaza at all, nothing. That's how bad the situation is. And uh, the international community is, you know, doing very little or nothing to ensure. I mean, what are you expecting? You know, when you uh, block all aid reaching these vulnerable people at this point in time. Now, I don't know if you have seen, Brother Shop, the video of Dr. Shiva from India and how he compares 
Hinduism, particularly the Brahmins who felt everybody else in the Hindus were inferior and how Zionism was created, when it was created, that political ideology of Zionism, how they even regard their fellow Jewish brothers, or well, they don't regard them as Jewish or Judaism because they are either darker in color or brown in color and whatever mm. it is. And, um, and it's exactly the same thing. They think of anybody and everybody all over the world, how little or no respect they have for anybody who are not Zionist. And in fact, he explains that Palestine was not their first choice from what I hear. Their first choice was Uganda. And the second choice was Argentina. And the third choice was Palestine. But Palestine was what, uh, 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 it was the British that actually created this and made them leave and go to, to, to Palestine. And uh, all evidence is there how, you know, Palestine thrived, what a beautiful country it was, and how the different groups lived side by side, lived very happily until, of course, the arrival of the Zionists. And I think it's, it's, it's very educational if you haven't. I can send that video to you and you need to, 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 to watch that. But you know, Ahmed, Ahmed? Yeah, we can, uh, uh, it is an article of faith uh, for the Hindus to believe uh, that, you know, the caste system is there, it's enshrined. It's uh, one of the articles of faith uh, that, uh, you know, the Brahman rules over everyone. He's the highest and, uh, you know, the, uh, the Dalit is the lowest of low. And what happens, uh, Ahmad, is that 3% of these Brahmins, they, I mean, 3% of the Brahmins are ruling India. I mean, politically, you may see Modi and all, but in the reality, when it comes to religious affairs, these Brahmins are ruling the roost. And, you know, it's amazing. It's just like as you spoke about uh, Zionism, where they have, uh, you know, Jews from other, or even a person that converts to Judaism is not considered a wholehearted or a fully-fledged Jew. And then those uh, Jews that are coming from Africa are looked down upon as uh, menial workers, not as a part of uh, the, you know, the, the Jewish uh, brotherhood or the fraternity. Go ahead, Ahmed. Uh, yes, not only the Jews that come from Africa, but even those that were already in Palestine. Uh, uh, and, and, and he goes on to explain how Hindus, because of this uh, caste system, have many of them have converted to Islam and or Christianity. Exactly the same was because of Zionism also, the number of Jews that had Arab Jews that converted and became Muslims. That is what he goes on to actually explain. And so you see the similarity between the two of them. And he's so arrogant, well, not arrogant, direct in his approach that he says anyone and he didn't say it once. I've only watched half of it because I was called by the MJC and others. And I was busy with that. But in that, you know, 50% of that recording I watched, he repeatedly calls anybody who doesn't understand what is really going there as, on there as idiots. That's exactly what he says loud and clear on and on again. And uh, so he's explaining in detail where, how it happened, what is the purpose, what is the ideology, what they want to achieve. And, and they make no bond. They are absolutely very clear about it. 
that they are the chosen ones and nothing else. And that's what people need to, 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 to understand and be educated on. But uh, while many countries are now becoming vocal, I'm told Colombia is one of them that have become very vocal in support of the Palestinian cause. Okay. Uh, uh, there are yet other countries, influential countries, that must make their mark. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of protests that are going on all over the country and things, uh, in, and all over the world as well, of course. If you look at the crowd in Pakistan, I think hundreds of thousands of them marched, but many other parts of the country, London, I mean, the world, London, many others. But I think, again, it's not putting added enough pressure to bring a peaceful solution to what is actually going on, which clearly indicates that no matter what, that this was pre-planned. You know, expert after expert is actually astounded, is shocked as to how the state of Israel will allow for over seven hours these so-called Hamas resistant fighters or terrorists like they call them to run riot, go out there, do whatever they want to do, take back the hostages to Gaza. And only after seven hours, Israelis attacking. And yet they say when it's almost a pin drop, you know, literally Israel can pick it up. That's how. So clearly it looks like this was well planned and well orchestrated to give the Israelis to get some level of sympathy. And you can see the world is divided more than ever right now, even in our own country. And uh, to give them the reason why they should go ahead and do what they're doing. Because at the end of the day, despite all the attempts over the 75 or 76 years, they have still not achieved what they want to achieve. And for that reason, they felt they want to go to the route that they have gone. And I think that it is to some very large extent, it's going to backfire on them because more and more people are coming out in support of the Palestinian cause. However, too much of talk, very little action. And I think we need a little bit more action. And I think the main perpetrator here is the support that they're getting from the British uh, from the U.S., uh, uh, Germany, France. This is the plan. You make is uh, it's amazing that uh, this is an orchestrated job. It's uh, you know it's another 9/11 uh, that has been perpetrated there. But again, once again, uh, complicit with the U.S. and with the Mossad, and you know all these things are. But uh, you know. The, the sad part is uh, that, uh, yeah, in our own country, we've got uh, churches uh, that are supporting uh, the Zionist aggression, and also there's uh, some individual calling for killing of all Muslims, but it's good to see, whether in Makopani or somewhere, that uh, the Muslims have, uh, you know, rallied together and have laid a charge against these individuals for calling for the killings of Muslims in our own country, South Africa, Ahmad. Yeah, it's a lack of education. This is the problem, and you find that the team that is busy with the propaganda and remember controlled by the mainstream media, they only tell you what you, what they want you to hear. And that's the problem we are facing. So people need a lot of education, even religious leaders. I mean, why would the Dutch Reformed Church, the Casa African Council of Churches, the Anglican Church, 
Why is it that they have a completely different son? Why is there so many Jews having a completely different son? In fact, this Dr. Shiva goes on to say, with evidence that Israel created and Mossad created Hamas, and they created Hamas because Fatah was becoming too powerful an organization. That is what he says, funded in everything, you know. So, 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 you know, it's exactly what happened when it comes to Al-Qaeda. You know, who created them? The United States of America admitted doing that. So they cause havoc by, by dividing you, infiltrating your organizations. That is what they do. And, uh, you know, it will take a lot of education. Uh, and, and it's not easy based on the fact that the media is captured to a very large extent to get the message out to the masses. And perhaps what we're lacking today is like the late brother Ahmed Didat and others that must you know, that, yes, indeed, Allah, you know, Allah must grant him the highest message. But, but, you know, to go out there and educate these people really what it is at the same time. You will have opportunists based on the economic strength uh, uh, that Israel or the Zionist Israel enjoys. And remember, let us not forget that the majority of the Israelis are not satisfied. That's why there's an uprising against their own leadership. Netanyahu is one of the most hated people even in Israel. There's no doubt about it. But the thing is this, you know, that because of their military strength, their intelligence, their money, uh, 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 and look at that small size, how far they've gone. And let me tell you something, what I've observed, Brother Shepard, yesterday as well. You know, if you look at some of the number of items that people are listing and saying that belong, that you should not buy, I'm beginning to wonder, are you saying that the small nation has got so much control and have infiltrated countries to such an extent that a lot of the strategic, you know, food products and things, you know, is just all coming from one way or the other, directly or indirectly linked to them. And what is the rest of the world doing to ensure that there's alternatives? Easy when you walk into a supermarket and decide you want to boycott these products. Because there's so many products that are now being mentioned that are directly or indirectly linked. It begs the question, where are our people without enough alternatives? So it simply means that while our people are asleep, these Zionists have been busy at work. You are putting in measures to ensure that they control the world in different sectors. That is what they've been busy with. And I think it's a wake-up call for our people. It's certainly a wake-up call. Abad, you make a lot of sense. Also, you know, I sent you Didat's clip just now, and someone took the time to put in a four-and-a-half minutes or four-minutes four clip where, you know, Abad Didat talks about the Yahud and about the Jews claiming to be the chosen people of God. And Abad Didat is telling them, yes, are chosen for what? And he tells them, if you perpetrate a crime or if you sin, your punishment, according to your Torah, is times seven, the punishment. 
And because you are, and if you are good, and I'm thinking about the, the uh, Natira Kursa Jews, you know, the, the, uh, those are David Weiss and all these guys that are really holy and are backing the Palestinians, not these Zionist Jews whose punishment, as Ahmadidja says very eloquently, will be, uh, you know, will be going to hell and be punished uh, seven times more. And then I was very privileged when he gave this talk. I was sitting in the audience. I was with him on the tour to Cape Town in 1989. And Godob Center, Ahmed, for the first time in history, in 1989, it was full to capacity. Ahmed did that attracted 10,000 people who came to hear his Israel set up for destruction. And I remember it was a ex-congressman, Paul Finley, was also there on, on stage. Alhamdulillah, a moment in time. And the manager of the Good Hope Center told me, asked me, Ahmed, who is this man? So I said, why? Why you want to know? He said, I want to know because this was a white elephant. This man filled it up for the first time he filled up the Good Hope Center. That was the power of Al-Maddi, that Rahimullah. Uh, and I, uh, I think what I'm going to do, uh, Ahmed, I'll, 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 I will ask Yusuf to play that clip after his medley because it is so brilliant. I sent it to you. Inshallah, you can watch at your leisure because you were also one of uh, Ahmadi that's the biggest fan. Ahmed, your comments? Yes, Jazakallah, indeed. What a man. Really, second to none. But yes, indeed. He, 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 you know, I, I think the, the, the people all over the world that listened to him or attended any of his symposiums and lectures and things. I mean, by the time they left, you know, I think a few minutes into these sessions, they already understood, had a better understanding and a different understanding of, of what they originally thought and what they were misled into believing even in, in churches and many other organizations. And that is what we need today. That is exactly what we need. Many of these people that are making these statements are ignorant. If you take the PA leader or you take the freedom, you need people that are knowledgeable that can take them on and call them for a dialogue, a public dialogue, public engagement and see where they end up. That is basically what you need. And that's something that is lacking in us is, is, is educating people. And But I can see it's coming out. I think people today, in the last, since the 7th of October, have learned more about the real Israel-Palestinian war than they've ever known in their entire lives. So every single day, and we need to take advantage of that. We need to to create some kind of documentary on it so that we can educate the masses on it and, and, and people, people will then have a better understanding of what is really going on. And remember, the Zionist is a very small percentage. The problem is not with the Jews. It's certainly not. In fact, they undermine most of the Jews in any event. Okay, and they undermine anyone and everyone. Exactly the same thing like in India, no different at all. But look at the important thing he says, that one of the reasons why they conduct them is because of, look at the number of Jewish Arabs that converted to Islam. And look at the number of Hindus that have converted to Islam. Because of they don't believe in this political ideology of supremacy, which is what the Brahmins feel in India 
than the caste system. And that's why people have been running away from it. It's exactly the same thing. It's a caste system among the Zionists. Anyone else is, not, is for them inferior. If you look at the statement one of those Zionist Israelis made, how he calls Africans in South Africa and others barbaric, subhuman. Those are the terms. The very same people that he's calling barbaric and subhuman, some of whom are standing up and defending and protecting them. So can you see? <laughs> Brilliant. Ahmad, I mean, there you did a did that trick there again. You turned the tables on these people. I mean, how can you sin against your intelligence and support someone that tells you that? And even, you know, the argument was made uh, for the churches. Your colonizers gave you their religion, and the colonizers told you what color is your God, blue eyes, blonde hair, and white skin. Why do you sin against your intelligence and follow the gods of your colonizers? And now, yeah, Abbott, Abbott, go ahead. I don't, I don't blame the Freedom Front for saying that, because the Freedom Front also believe that they are a superior nation. You know, the African and what they did in South Africa. So we can expect it from them. But how do you, black brothers and sisters, these people are insulting you and attacking you, and they're attacking you. This is their birthright that they believe that you are inferior to them. This is embedded in them. It's in their genes that anything other than the white Zionist is inferior. I mean, they're talking about Africans and how barbaric and your crime and your everything they talk about. And you still go there blindedly, gift, of course, and, and going and supporting them. The very same people who claim to have killed your Jesus Christ, your Lord, your Savior, that you go every other day to church to go and pray for. And you're going blindedly and gift as you are to go and support them. I don't understand. I really, I, I, I don't know. What is, uh, I don't know. I think the, 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 uh, again, I think it comes back to education. People need to be understand. But remember, colonizers, colonizers have done a fantastic piece of work in being able to divide you. They divided you in such a, to such an extent that you do not have enough confidence in yourself. They brought you to the stage that no matter what they can tell you, you will believe them. You wouldn't even search your own coin and interrogate your own Uh, That is how bad the situation is. And that is why you would find people have lost confidence in themselves. Did you know that many people, even blacks and others, actually are beginning to accept and agree that the white is more superior than them? It's in them, because that is how well, you know, (laughs) the colonizers done that. It's it's, it's a similar thing if you'll find even among the colored community. They've lost confidence in themselves because they they were made to believe that this is, is really superior to the others. And that superiority complex that they suffer from is what the new world order is about. They want to reduce the black population. They have no respect for them. Absolutely not. And they know that they can manipulate them very easily and they've been doing a good job in manipulating them. Look at the chaos and the havoc they have caused in the whole of Africa alone, leave alone the Middle East. How you can't get two leaders sitting at the same table and talking to each other. That's how bad it is. So, you know, they they, they managed to get to you to such an extent 
that you believe that they are next to God, they are godliness, and you are, you know, just inferior, and you just hold the line with what they say. And you'll hear some of them saying this as well. You'll hear them saying. So I think they've done that. They've mastered that. And that is where politicians are heading, mastering the art of telling people what they want to hear. That is the same thing. But they haven't mastered you know what, uh, you are so brilliant this morning. I can hear Yusuf telling me that listeners are just listening to you because you're absolutely brilliant. And, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying you too. But the, the point is made, yeah, is that, uh, you know, the world is subjugated. Alcoholism, you know, every, uh, I mean, most nations are alcoholics. So what happens whilst they're drinking, the brain cells are being uh, deadened. The thinkers are being uh, marginalized. I mean, if you start thinking like Julius Assange and all these people, they put you away. And uh, then, uh, you know, this is it, the dead brain cells, how can people think? And uh, they are uh, duped into believing white is might, and they have uh, t- taken that wholesale. And as you said, I'd love you to address this issue in Parliament, Ahmed. Can you uh, talk about, you know, this is how Africa is being duped, and this is what is being said about you, and we are still... There are certain people that even question how could Madiba and people like, uh, you know, these people who call themselves thinkers accept the religion of the colonizers. Can you talk that in Parliament, Ahmad? Yes, indeed, certainly. I'm just waiting for the opportunity next week. But be that as it may, let, let me give you a look, look at the levels of hypocrisy. The Bible and the Quran both condemns wine, alcohol, and both condemns pork meat. But but this large percentage of Christians that were colonized, okay, made to believe this was ideal for them, go against their own very own Bible when it suits them and eat the pork and drink the alcohol. <laughs> so so I mean, mm, how absolutely this is what I don't understand. And yet the very same people and leaders that you want to follow are pushing for more and more alcohol to be sold. And yet it says alcohol will destroy you. So they are helping, the colonizers are helping you, enticing you, encouraging you to go against your very same Bible, drink the alcohol so it can destroy you, so I can control you. And they think nothing about it. Mm. So where is the leaders of all these churches and things like that? Mm in telling their people, but hold on, I don't know which part of the Bible they read or which Bible they read, but it's clear they And yet nobody is questioning these leaders. Nobody is able to stand up there and say, but hold on. There it is, no wine, no pork. But yet you want to, you, you say nothing about it. Absolutely nothing. On the contrary, you encourage us to take it. Absolutely brilliant conversation. I mean, you, we could have gone uh, for hours with you. Allah bless you for your knowledge and inshallah, this message that you have uh, spoken this morning with everyone transfixed on you will be inshallah, uh, you know, discussed at the highest level and uh, we are all with you. Ahmed. Your parting words before we let you go? Well, brace yourself for some difficult times and some decisions that are going to be made next week. Well, I mean, on the 1st of November, I don't know what the minister is going to say, but I think it's going to, 
is going to have to make some very difficult decision. But very importantly, brothers, I don't know what is going on in the country. We all agree we're in a state of lawlessness. The war against crime is lost. If you look at this havoc all over yesterday, Durban, the other day, Cape Town, the other day, Northwest, Gauteng, we don't know every part of the country. They are running rampant as far as crime, cash in transit, armed robberies, you know, murders is just getting out of hand, just out of hand. Come, my brothers and sisters, let's take a stand against this. Like we're having marches for the let's come and have a mass, mass, mass march in this country against crime and what measures we believe we need to put in place. Otherwise, life will be a living hell in this country, I can tell you, for the future generations to come. Abad, you have a mashallah beautiful soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, sir, we'll leave it at that. And uh, we'll be uh, going for a break now. And after the break, uh, we'll be listening to Abdul Bari Atwan, a uh, you know, an American journalist who was in Britain, yeah, uh, that uh, has been uh, marginalized and uh, been put as, uh, you know, taken away from mainstream media once upon a time, the uh, darling of Western media, but now labeled an anti-Semite. So, inshallah, uh, Scott Ritter will be talking to him and we'll be getting some interesting perspective. Uh, Abdel Barry Atwan is a distinguished writer, commentator, and he's the editor-in-chief of Rai Al-Yum. Uh, I welcome you to the uh, to the show tonight. Uh, thank you for for coming. Oh, it is my pleasure to be with you. Um, it is a very su- successful show. So now I have been spending most of my time actually following the situation in Gaza. You know, uh, I am I was born in a refugee camp in Gaza, and my family are there. And to be honest, because the electricity cut off, because the Wi-Fi is cut off, so I don't know who is uh, dead, who is alive, still alive. Where are they? They did they, they where? Yeah, have been evacuated from Gaza, according to the Israeli leaflet, leaflet which thrown to them, leaving your house, otherwise you will be bombed. So it is a very difficult, and there is no water, there is no food, there is nothing. That, you know, the, the Israeli government, Israeli army, stopped the vans of actually uh, aids to enter Gaza. So it, it is, it is a blockade, very, very brutal blockade, and I believe people children are killed as you see it is it was capital it was uh, collective punishment it was actually genocide it it was uh yeah yeah death everywhere death everywhere in in, in gaza strip so uh people people nobody caring about them and the, the disaster thing when the al ahli hospital was bombed by the israeli and what makes people frustrated angry when president joe biden who's supposed to be the leader of the liberal war world who consider himself as actually the defender of human rights he came out and said no it is not the israeli who 
bomb them. No, it was. It is the other side means the uh, Palestinian. Imagine the Palestinians are killing themselves and killing their children. This is this is uh, the free America. This is the leader of the world. This is the country which is supposed to be with people who are really in such position. But unfortunately, they are completely the opposite and siding with the people who are committing the genocide against unarmed people. This is this is the, the this is a situation which I'm I'm really 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 so frustrated and so angry because the international community, the West in particular, they are taking the side of the killers. This is this is how they were telling us, lecturing us that human rights is their value. Uh, to intervene for democracy is their value. And look what happened. They destroyed Iraq now and they destroyed Libya. They destroyed the Syria and now they want to destroy the Gaza Strip, which is 150 square miles only, and it is a flesh everywhere. So this is the problem. And they are committing massacres in that part of the world. Uh, to be honest, I am, I am really shocked. I've been in this Western world, a free world, for the last 45 years. And now I, I see completely different world. I, I see, you know, a very barbaric treatment of innocent people like my people in Gaza. Well, first of all, I share your frustration and I share your anger. Um, I don't share your background, though. And, and, I, and the reason why I bring that up this way is, you know, there's another war going on in Ukraine. And when Russia surrounded the city of Mariupol, uh, Russia was accused of instigating a siege, cutting off water, cutting off electricity, cutting off food. And even though Russia didn't do that, the accusation was there and Russia was accused of committing massive war crimes, violations of humanity, etc. Um, in the world, Europe, you said, Europe says we have values. We, we, these are our values. We condemn Russia. And yet here's Israel. They announced that they are cutting off the electricity. They announced that they're cutting off the water. They announced that they're cutting off the food. They announced that they're cutting off the basic life support. And then they bomb the city as part of a doctrine, the Dahiwa doctrine of mowing the grass. And the world says nothing. Why do you think that is? Why is it the Western world cares about Ukrainians and they don't care about Palestinians. Why is the double standard? Double standard because you know that the enemy is different. When it is, the enemy is Israel, it is completely the opposite. They don't care at all. When the president, uh, uh, you know, Biden, telling us that you, are, you you must respect the international legality, you must respect the law of wars. But okay, well, we want to. You are lecturing us about the war, of law, the laws of wars. Okay, what what are you doing now? But you are supporting the people. Who who are actually yeah, yeah, and dubbing the, 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 the laws of war, never commit themselves peace. When you bomb a hospital, you know, when you also, you know, send a warning to this hospital before, before you bomb it, you must clear, you must, you know, the, close the hospital. Otherwise, we will kill you. I, I am, I'm really shocked, you know, to say, what, what about the, those ill 
people? What about those injured? Where shall they go? You know, immediately just by replay saying you must clear it out completely, but where to go? And the other things, there is no medicine. Even those people, there is no medical helps at all. There is no medicine at all. So why this is, is happening? This is this is this is the problem which we are facing. The enemy that is the Soviet Union, that's uh, Russia. But now when it comes to Israel, it has to be above all the international law, all the legalities, all the religion. They are actually worshipped by the West. But why? Because they don't want them to come back to the West. They get rid of them. They throw them to the Middle East, throw them to the Arabs, throw them to, again, you know, to be re replacing the Palestinian. Now they know that if Israel is defeated, that those Israeli will go back to their original countries in Germany, in France, in the United States. Scott, this is the facts. This is the facts. They don't want the Jews. That's 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 the problem. This is the problem we are facing, and we are paying a very heavy price in the Middle East, in Palestine, because of this. You know, when I take a look at the uh, the events, I, I take a look at the the, the Western media, and, and you're you know you're an editor. You, I'm sure, monitor all media. Um, after October 7th, as the um, Israeli dead were being counted, um, CNN, MSNBC, American outlets, every time they talked to the family of, a, of an Israeli who was killed, they said, say their name, tell us their name, what was their name? And notice I said an Israeli who was killed. When was the last time an American commentator, an American announcer, asked a Palestinian father, what was the name of your child? What was her name? What was the boy's name? See, we call them dead Palestinians. We don't say they were killed. They're dead. We refer to them as mathematical figures. We say 300 children were killed, 1,000 Palestinians. What are their names? Who are these people? And until we call them by their names, until we recognize them as living people, they will always be numbers. And this is one of the reasons why this, this has to end. We have to start shouting the names of the dead children. They have to have names. The names must be attached to faces. The faces must be attached to bodies. The bodies must be attached to souls. So when the soul departs the earth, the people feel the same pain that the parents do. But right now, we just treat them as a statistic. How can we change this? How can we change, turn the Palestinians from a statistic to a human being? You know, Scott, I'll tell you something. Through my own, I have been in this country for 45 years in Britain. And we came here because of the freedom of expression. But when the Guardian, for example, sacked, you know, a cartoonist simply because he, you know, published a cartoons which is not actually according to Benjamin Netanyahu criteria. He was sacked. He was sacked. You know, now they, they, they don't give the other people um, opinion. They don't give them the space to talk, to talk about their miserable situation to talk about their suffering or the people suffering. Okay, they always lecturing us saying, "Look, you have to be 
rational. You know, you, you have to prove everything with documents. You cannot just say that things like that without any any proof about it. Like, okay, Biden, Mr. Biden, President Biden is saying that you know the other side who commit the massacre and uh, the genocide in Gaza or in the Al Ahli Hospital, which were which was bombed just uh, two days ago or days ago. Yeah, one day ago. So the problem is okay. But you you said do you have any proof did you send an investigation groups in order to check who who committed this crime you are the president of the united states the superpower the, the biggest superpower on earth in history you are saying after one day you are, that the palestinian killed themselves killed their children what kind of rationality is this you know what how those people actually act i'm, I'm, I'm really shocked okay people usually send people investigation group uh, or, or committee to investigate to see the proof to see that you know what what kind of missiles was used what kind of bomb was used and whether the Palestinian can have these kind of bombs but to say that no you know the Palestinian who did it the, and you know we have information the American army information yeah it's telling us that the Palestinian who committed this massacre against themselves what kind of people like that? What kind of rationality is, is this? Please tell me, Scott, you know them, you've been with them. Tell me, what kind of rationality is this? Well, you asked me a question, I'll give you an answer. Um, first of all, there's no rationality. Um, we don't treat Arabs as human beings. We treat them as something other than a human being. Look at how we behaved in Iraq. What is the rationality of what we did to Iraq? Look at how we behaved in Libya. We claim to care about the Libyan population, but we oversee the assassination of Muammar Gaddafi, and we've left Libya in ruins, falling amongst themselves. This society that had been built up to a level of greatness has now been destroyed because we don't view them as humans. We view them as numbers, as statistics. And sadly, that's what the Palestinians have become statistics, numbers. My my struggle is how, and, and some people get mad at me sometimes uh, because I become very emotional. Um, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be calm. I'm supposed to be rational. I'm supposed to be, but let me put it this way. If somebody killed my daughter, I would not be calm. I would not be rational. I would be furious. I would be enraged. And I think it's important that everybody who's watching what happens to the people of Palestine, the people of Gaza, treat every child that dies as their own child, to become enraged, to become furious, to become angry, to become emotional. The time for rationality is over. I'm not talking about going over to irrational acts of violence. I'm talking about the tolerance we give to the suffering of the Palestinians, the tolerance we give to the suffering of the Arab population at the hands of Israel and the collective West. We have committed massive crimes against the Arab world. And why the Arab world continues to tolerate these crimes is beyond me. I mean, I understand the politics of the Middle East, but help me with this. Why is Egypt saying if 
the Palestinians leave Gaza and come to Egypt, that is an act of war. Why is the King of Jordan saying, if the Palestinians leave Gaza and come to Jordan, it's an act of war? The Palestinians are being used as a pawn right now, tragically stuck in the middle of this conflict between the Arab world and the Israelis, between East and West, but the people who are paying the price overwhelmingly are the Palestinians. When are we going to change this? When are we going to start treating the Palestinians with the respect they deserve? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that the Palestinian will be treated as a human by the West. You know, simply because it seems, you know, not only they are racist, but they are cruel. You know, imagine, you know, no sympathy at all with more than a thousand child babies were massacred by the Israeli raids. No, any, I cannot see any, in the media in particular, any sign of sympathy to those people who were bombed or the, the women who were bombed or old people in the, in the hospital in their beds. So this is the problem. The, the media now is actually is doing a very criminal uh, coverage of the atrocities which is taking place on Gaza Strip. The story that you know, the, the Palestinian beheaded the Israeli babies. So, and then it is viral everywhere. And President uh, uh, Biden accepts this uh, fake news as a real news. And he also propagating about it. So imagine if the, if the head of the United States, the head of the biggest superpower uh, saying about adopting a fake state and circulating it and using it to justify the bombardment, the genocide against Palestinian people until now, we don't know how many people were there. They destroyed a lot of buildings. They destroyed a lot of tower. They, you know, people still under under the uh, rubble, still under the destruction uh, of their houses. Yeah. So how uh, I cannot, to be honest, I cannot, I cannot explain. It. Uh, I cannot answer your question, Scott, simply because your mission, we, even we are not figure, even, even, you know, I hope they use it as a figure. No, maybe much lower than that. They don't think we are a human being. If they are, if they think we are a human being, they wouldn't behave this way. And when the Israeli minister or the army general is saying, those are, those are, Animals, human animals. Imagine that when the Israeli president saying that there is no innocent people, there is no civilian in Gaza. What it means? It means go and massacre them, go and beheaded them, go and bomb them. That's that's the problem which which we are facing. And they still they are highly respectable in on the Western world and in the Western media. This is the problem. This is not the media I know. I used to be, you know, an opinion writer for The Guardian. They never called me. I, I did it for years. They never called me. And, you know, they banned me from appearing in all British televisions and British media. Well, I was the darling of the BBC. I was the darling of the ITV. I was the darling of Sky News. Now they don't come simply because there is the accusation is ready. Anti- that's the problem. And they use it as a sword, actually, to cut our heads, to ban us completely. So what I say, well, honestly, the West is losing 
the so-called values. Maybe there weren't any values, to be honest, to lose it. But now, even if there is little of them, now they lost it completely. And it is shame on them. It is shame on the media in this country. It is shame on the institutions. It is shame on the parliament who are actually siding with the people who are committing the genocide against people in under a blockade for at least 17 years until now. 17 years of a blockade, the 17 years in a cage. So, and this is, this is, you consider themselves the super people of the world, the people of uh, rationality, and the people who are intelligent, the people who are the worst, first class, and we are, I mean, there is no classification of us to any class. Well, I can guarantee you this, um, Mr. Atwan. You won't be silenced here. You'll always have a voice here. I'm sure I can speak on behalf of George Galloway and say that on the mother of all talk shows, you will not be silenced. Your voice is important. Uh, your message is very important. Uh, before we before we leave, um, you know, words have value. You know this. You're an editor. Words are important. Words have meaning. Could you? Quickly, and I know it's a very difficult thing to say quickly because what I'm going to ask you is a very difficult thing. There's a word out there, Nakba, the catastrophe. In the Arab world, it's known by everybody. Every Palestinian knows this. But in the Western world, in America, in England, it's unknown. What is the Nakba and why is it relevant to what's happening today? Yeah, the Nakba happened in 1948 when the British government at that time and with the West actually and the other countries, you know, they uh, sided with the Israeli. They sent Israeli gangsters, armed gangsters, and to kick and, you know, to kill uh, the Palestinian. They committed massacres like Deir Yassin, where about 300, 300 people were massacred, you know, in a very, very brutal way that to frighten the other to leave the country. And uh, about 750,000 in 1948 Palestinian were actually kicked out of their land. And one of them is my family in that time. I, was, I wasn't born in that time. So this is Nakba. Nakba because, you know, a whole country is demolished and then they replaced people, innocent people, by other people. And this is the imperialistic powers which did that. Now this same Nakba is repeated in, on, on, on Gaza Strip and maybe later in the West Bank. They are actually uh, killing people, massacring people in order to evacuate Gaza Strip. So the Israeli reoccupy it and to get rid of the so-called terrorists, as they call it, those people who are defending their rights and want to have uh, their, their, their country back. This is the problem. Yeah, they kept saying to us as Arab, look, yeah, you have to be rational. Sorry to repeat it again. You have to talk to your enemy. You have, you know, fighting is not, it wouldn't take you anywhere. Sit with them. Talk to them. You will have a state. 
like like we gave the Jews a state in Palestine. If you do the same, we will actually give you a state. So we believe them. And the PLO sit with them, sign a treaty on the loan of the White House, Oslo Agreement, hoping that they will have a state. They never had one, nothing at all. So this is, this is the problem. This is the real Nakba. The real Nakba is they don't listen to, um, you know, deprived people. They don't listen to uh, people who are considered about maybe 10th class, not one class. So the just one class, second class, third class is yeah, actually uh, reserved for them only. And as you mentioned, Scott, we are not even figure in their calculation. We are not even even human in, in, in their uh, calculation of, of, of how and their vision of of the people in the world, but this one it wouldn't continue. Honestly, I believe now they they are very very well known. They don't believe the war in in, in uh, Ukraine, and I, I follow all your work there. You know they don't they will not win simply because they create this war and they plot it for it. And usually they don't do things in one day or in one month or one year. They were planning for. Of this war exactly like they were planning to topple Saddam Hussein and to invade Iraq and to kill a million of the Iraqi innocent people. So and now it is the turn of the Palestinian. It is not enough for them, the Palestinian, to be homeless, to be young yeah, and, and, and under blockade, to suffer, to see their children uh, massacre. No, they must actually also kick to, to be kicked out. Now, where now? To Sinai. And they want to convince Egypt to accept those refugees on, on their uh, Sinai, in their territories. Imagine that. The plan is there, and they are carrying out it. They are implementing it. Another Nakba on the Gaza Strip. A, a tiger doesn't change its stripes. Israel's a nation born of a Nakba in 1948. Their hands are soaked in the blood of the Palestinian people they murdered and evicted from their lands. Israel today is carrying out another Nakba. It's been an endless Nakba, an endless crime against the Palestinian people. Uh, I want to thank Abdel Bariatwan. Thank you very much for coming on the show. It's a very uh, gripping uh, conversation uh, taking place there. And, you know, you look at the hypocrisy of the world, uh, bastions of uh, democracy. And, uh, you know, we're talking about most of the, the Western uh, leaders and uh, the uh, Zionist uh, you know, friends, uh, most uh, supporting uh, the war crimes of Israel, announcing uh, that they will uh, cut off water, electricity, food supplies, etc., etc., and then they bomb the civilians, bombing hospitals, uh, and there's, uh, you know, there's a siege there, uh, no medicine, uh, mass murder, and uh, death by these uh, Zionists uh, who get away with the blessings of uh, so-called superpowers and so-called civilized uh, people. Perhaps we can call them you know, barbarians, uncivilized. If they were civilized, they will at least have uh, some empathy or some sympathy. If they don't uh, respect life, then who are they? What type of human beings are this? And Abdul Abari Aswan, you know, he says, uh, he says, uh, no one wants uh, the Israelis. You know, they were thrown out of Europe. You remember when they were persecuted and uh, conveniently they found them this place here in uh, the uh, Middle East, uh, that was actually the third choice. Uh, they wanted, uh, what they asked for, Argentina, they wanted uh, Kampala, 
and then they were put into this place here in the Middle East so that uh, they could, uh, you know, the British is always uh, planning so they could put these guys to irritate the Arabs. And this is what they're doing. And uh, as uh, Abdul Bari Atwan says, no one wanted the Israelis. They threw them into the Middle East to torture the Arabs and undermine them. And, you know, you can see that where they are perpetrating such heinous crimes that even those states around there, those Arab leaders that are around there can't make a move. You know, it's only the Gazans uh, that are fighting for themselves. The Palestinians are fighting their own fight and no one helping them. Sad indeed. And, uh, you know, uh, Abdul Bari Aswan goes and says, uh, there's no press freedom in the West. <coughs> the news has to be uh, compliant with the mainstream uh, lies uh, that is uh, uh, being written by the pro-Zionist editors. And all these uh, media houses, most of them are owned uh, by, you know, these uh, Zionist sympathizers and Scott Ritter says the West does not care about Arabs, which is true. They do not care about the Arabs. They view them as uh, statistics and uh, numbers. They're not humans, they say. And uh, this is exactly what they believe. Look at Iraq, he says. Look at Libya, what they did to Gaddafi. And uh, many were killed. And, you know, in Iraq, millions uh, were uh, murdered there. Even children, so many children died there only on a pretext. And he says, look at that and think of what they did there and they killed them. And Israel uh, and the collective West are hell-bent on opposing Islam and eradicating Islam. And, uh, you know, the, the, the way the leaderships are that are in a Muslim land, uh, they are really playing into the hands of uh, these enemies. Allahu alam, what are these uh, leaders up to? Then uh, the media reporting in the Middle East and Palestine, uh, you know, uh, our brother says, uh, you know, it tantamounts uh, to uh, it, uh, actually criminality. This is what he said, Abdul uh, Bari Aswan. He says that, that tantamounts to criminality, what they are doing there in the Middle East. And uh, talking about the Nagba, the Nagba is, uh, he says, mostly unknown to the West. In 1948, the British sent armed Zionists to kill and murder Palestinians and displace over 750,000 Palestinians, shipping in more Zionists to occupy Palestine to usher in the apartheid Israeli occupation. And uh, they would not win because, uh, you know what happens, people? The things of this world proceeds by divine decree and not by uh, man's administration. You know that shaitan has been given respite till, you know when? When the trumpet is blown and then no more, no more. And these are uh, people that follow his bush shaitan that come from the party of shaitan. They will, inshallah, will definitely meet their end in a, you know, in a way that's most befit, befitting to them for the types of atrocities uh, that they have uh, perpetrated. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring about a speedy victory for the Palestinians, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unite the hearts of the ummah, uh, of the Muslims and make us one powerful entity so that we could resonate with the kalima La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and take our deen forward, inshallah, and take our religion forward and uh, you know when we make parda from this world we hope and pray we will not be documented as those hypocritical leaders or those hypocrites that have no guts to take on the Zionist. Well I'd like to thank uh, Lucolo for great tech uh, this evening and also uh, keep it locked on to uh, Marcus Sahaba for beautiful programming from the 
team and I till we meet you again. We bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.